We must never revert to Judaism. John chapter 5 verses 10 to 29. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, It is the Sabbath, it is not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honour the Son, just as they honour the Father. He who does not honour the Son, does not honour the Father who sent him. Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me, has everlasting life, and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Most assuredly I say to you, the hour is coming and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself and has given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. A certain man who had an infirmity for 38 years. In the preceding passage of today's scripture passage, there's a story about Jesus healing a sick man who had an infirmity for 38 years. And Jesus said to the healed man, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. John chapter 5 verse 14. I believe those of us today must know what the words of Jesus mean when he said not to sin anymore, lest a worse thing come upon us. By his word, Jesus tells us not to fall into a false faith again. If we have received the remission of sins by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit, we must always be careful of the false teachers. We must always be careful of and be on guard against them, for they say that even if one has received the remission of sins, that person must continue to receive the remission of sins by offering prayers of repentance. 
Our remission of sins comes to us through our faith in the gospel of the water and the spirit, which blots out the sins of the heart. Jesus has taken on each and every sin of this world and has blotted them out completely for all time. Jesus was the true vine. Truly, Jesus had healed a certain man who had an infirmity for 38 years, once and for all, by his word. As such, he had also resolved the sins of all the people in the world at the Jordan River and at the cross once and for all. Among the many people who believe in Jesus, there are those who have received the remission of their sins once and for all, and there are those who haven't. People who have received the remission of sins once and for all, by believing in the Lord-giving gospel of the water and the Spirit, go on leading a life of faith with happiness because they are thankful for the remission of sins that Jesus has given them. Also, they don't ever worry about judgment for their sins and hell and they go on living happily with a sinless heart. The difference between religious people and the believers of the gospel of the water and the spirit. What people who have been born again by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit have to be careful of is the act of going back to the Christian doctrine of those who are not yet born again. Christian communities of this world are filled with false prophets Also, just as Ishmael had persecuted Isaac, there are instances where those who haven't been born again are persecuting those who have been born again by the gospel of the water and the spirit. Those who have not been born again consider the doctrines of their respective denominations to be more important than the word of the truth, so they go on persecuting those who believe in and preach the gospel of the water and the spirit. In this current world, there are many hypocrites who consider the doctrine of the Sabbath to be more important than the gospel of the water and the spirit, which is the word of God. Just like those who had said that Jesus was wrong because it had been the Sabbath day when Jesus had healed the infirmity of a sick man who had been ill for 38 years. They said that it was a sin for the sick man who had been ill for 38 years to walk about on the Sabbath day. Is the Christian doctrine more important to you? If not, is the faith of believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit more important to you? For us, the remission of sins that can be attained by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit once and for all is more important than Christian doctrines. It is so because no matter how well one abides by the doctrines, if there is a sin in one's heart before the Lord, it is difficult for him to pray. He will surely receive the judgment, go to hell and suffer destruction. If one were to receive the remission of sins by believing in the Lord's word of the truth, the person would go to heaven, the kingdom of the Lord, despite one's own lacking. People of faith who have faith in the gospel of the water and the spirit do not consider the Christian doctrines as something important. Instead, they consider the faith of believing in the gospel truth of the water and the spirit to be important. Therefore, we must make certain without fail by the objective word of the truth, 
whether we have received the remission of our sins by believing in Jesus, whether we are ready to go to heaven at any time, whether the word of being born again resides inside our hearts as evidence, and whether the word of evidence of having received the salvation truly is the word of God which has blotted out our own sins. Also, we must be led by the word instead of being bound by the doctrines. This account of Jesus Christ's healing of a sick man who had an infirmity for 38 years precisely implies that every sinner can receive the remission of sins by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit. The day that Jesus healed the sick man who had an infirmity for 38 years was the Sabbath day and the word that Jesus spoke when healing the sick man was the words take up your bed and walk. John chapter 5 verse 11. There, this man received the healing of the infirmity, rose up from his bed and walked about. However, Jews were more interested in Jesus's not keeping the statutes of the Sabbath than Jesus saving a sinner from sins. Because the Jews considered keeping the statutes of the Sabbath to be very important, Jesus' healing of the sick man who had been ill for 38 years came to bring about a great problem for the Jews. Through the books of the Old Testament, Jews also had believed that the Messiah would be coming, but they had never imagined that Jesus was the very Messiah to come. For this reason, in accordance with the laws of the Old Testament, they didn't work at all on the Sabbath day. The Sabbath day used to last from sundown on Friday until sundown on Saturday, and they offered service to God while resting comfortably, forbidding all work, whatever physical work that might be. However, in the New Testament, Jesus, the master of the Sabbath, has given the remission of sins to all people by taking on the sins of all the people, by receiving the baptism and shedding of his blood on the cross. This was the peace that the Lord has given to us sinners. The Lord has given all sinners rest by coming to the earth on his own. Jesus has given the salvation from all sins to all sinners. Thus, the Lord became the master of the Sabbath. Jesus gave the true rest of peace inside the heart of the sinners by giving us the remission of sins. The Lord has given true rest to those who believe in the truth that the Lord blotted out the sins of the world by the gospel of the water and the spirit. Jesus became the Saviour and Lord who has saved all sinners from all sins. Therefore the Lord himself is the master of the Sabbath who has given rest to everyone who believes in him. The Lord himself is the true saviour of sinners, the master of rest and the master of the Sabbath. The Sabbath day exists in this world to manifest the Lord who has given us real rest, that is, the remission of sins. On the Sabbath day, Jesus healed one sick man. Jews who did not know the true salvation of Jesus said that Jesus was a man who had violated the law of God and that the person who had been healed of his chronic disease was also a man who had violated the law of God. And thus, the Jews had to list Jesus as a target for persecution. 
If Jesus had healed the infirmity of the sick man on a day other than the Sabbath day, they would not have been able to regard this event as a problem. But Jesus became a target for persecution because he had healed the infirmity on the Sabbath day of the Jews. And the sick man who got healed also had become a problem. To them, Jesus was seen as a sinner. But Jesus gave the sick man true rest on the Sabbath day. To the man, Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. Actually, according to Jesus' view, this sick man being released from the infirmity was more important than keeping the Sabbath day. Jesus had given the sick man who had an infirmity for 38 years a true and spiritual Sabbath, the day that his heart received real rest by receiving the remission of sins. To a sick man who had an infirmity for 38 years, would the statute of the Sabbath day to keep a day holy from sundown on Friday until sundown on Saturday out of habit be so important? Or would rising up from the bed where he had lain for 38 years after having received the healing by hearing and believing in the word of the Lord be more important? Would the day in which he was healed be more important? Do you have the Sabbath day in your hearts? The Sabbath day doesn't refer to an actual day of the week. The true Sabbath day implies the salvation from all sins that is attained by believing in the word of the remission of sins with the heart. A person who has received the remission of all sins once and for all has true rest. Among those who believe in Jesus, there are those who have true rest in their hearts and there are those who go to church without true rest. We should enjoy true rest, accepting the Lord into our hearts by receiving the remission of all our sins by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit. The true Sabbath lies in believing in the Lord who saves us from all sins. This sick man was able to rise up from the sickbed where he had lain for 38 years as he had gained this power by believing in the word of Jesus as it is. The word of Jesus had made the sick man well again. The sick man who had been ill for 38 years rose up and walked away from the bed once and for all the moment he heard the word of the Lord and he witnessed to others the fact that his infirmity was healed because of Jesus. Dear fellow believers, the main focus of today's scripture passage lies in the incidents of the Jews who claim to believe in God, having accused Jesus who had healed an infirmity on the Sabbath day and the sick man who had had an infirmity for 38 years but was healed by believing in Jesus' word. The Jews' claim was that how could one do the work of healing an infirmity or rising up from the sickbed and walk on the Sabbath day? According to the Jewish laws, everything had to all stop on the Sabbath day. They claim that the sick man and Jesus should have rested on the Sabbath day. So they were just pointing out how could the man heal an infirmity and how could the sick man rise up and walk? 
However, dear fellow believers, if you and I were a sick person, wouldn't getting healed from an infirmity be important, irregardless of what day of the week the healing might be, whether it be the Sabbath day or any other days of the week? Wouldn't a person of a normal mind be thinking like that? Regardless of what day of the week was the day of healing, all it matters is the fact that one was healed. So what if the law says that one must not receive the healing on the Sabbath day? Of course, it is said in the Old Testament, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter, nor your male servant nor your female servant, nor your cattle nor your stranger who is within your gates. Exodus chapter 20 verses 8 to 10. But we have to recognise that God told us to keep the Sabbath according to this statute because God had a certain intention. God has given us true rest. If we look at the book of Genesis starting from chapter 2 verse 1 it is said Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished and on the seventh day God ended his work which he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. Genesis chapter 2 verses 1 to 3. If we look carefully at this passage, it is said that God created people and all things of heaven and earth in six days and that God ended the work of creating on the seventh day and rested, that is, relaxed comfortably. It means that God did not work on the seventh day and then it is said that he blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. This passage means that God has given us God's rest in order to have the sinners receive the Lord given remission of sins and to have them rest comfortably in body and in spirit. This is why God had sanctified the Sabbath day and blessed it. It means that on the seventh day, after having created all things of heaven and earth himself, God has blotted out the sins of all mankind through Jesus so that people may rest comfortably and that he has given us the kingdom of heaven. That our God has given us the Sabbath day is exactly the same as having given us the remission of sins. It means that, knowing that Satan the devil was deceiving and bothering those who were fallen into sin, our God has blotted out all the sins of this world with his own body and he has allowed them to enjoy rest in body and in spirit. Precisely speaking, it is the gospel of the water and the spirit that has given real rest and the remission of sin to all people. People commonly think that God set the Sabbath day in order for them to keep the exact date and time of the Sabbath. Then, what do you think God means when he tells us to keep the Sabbath? I know he means for us to believe in the fact that the Lord has blotted out our sins and to keep the faith of believing it. This does not mean that we have to keep the date of the Sabbath for the sake of formality. We cannot perfectly keep the Sabbath day literally. Instead, we are able to keep it spiritually within the gospel of the water and the spirit. In Korea, 
especially in Gangwon province, there are many Adventist churches. The Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, Seventh-day Adventists and Advent Christian Church, they are all of the same denomination. These people work on the Lord's Day, but from sundown on Friday until sundown on Saturday, they do not work. However, because the earth rotates, there's a time difference between Korea and other regions like America and Europe. If it's daytime in Korea, it would be nighttime over there. Thus, although it is the Sabbath day here in Korea, it may not be the Sabbath day over there. If an Adventist were to fly to the United States in the morning of the next day of the Sabbath to keep the day holy, he could not help but violate it while he is in the plane because of the time difference. He is travelling on the very Sabbath day. Where then can we find the purpose for which the Lord, the Master of true rest, having set forth the Sabbath day? Where does the true rest that the Lord has given to the sinners come from? The reason for the existence of the Sabbath day lies in his will to let us know of his salvation of the remission of sins. In other words, God declares through the law of the Sabbath day that the Lord has saved all the sinners through his baptism and bloodshed. However, people have kept the law of the Sabbath day literally as the reason for the existence of the Sabbath day. This wasn't the true intention of the Lord for giving us the Sabbath day. Our Lord gave us the Sabbath to have us keep the gospel of the remission of sins, which has saved us from all our sins. God does not think importantly of the actual date of the Sabbath. God established the Sabbath day in the Old Testament to say, I will remit all your sins. The word Sabbath is Shabbat in Hebrew, which means the day of rest. And it means, I have blotted out all your sins. I have saved you from sin so that you may rest comfortably. I have taken you in as my children. By resolving the problem of sins, which prevents you from rest, I have given you real repose. What God had meant when he told us to keep the Sabbath was therefore for us to never again become a sinner by being deceived by the devil and to enjoy the rest as ones without sin for we have become those without sin because of the Lord's blotting out all our sins. It also meant for us never to be deceived by Satan. There are people in this New Testament era who insist on keeping the Sabbath day literally. They consider the day to be so important that they go on thinking that if one were not to keep the Sabbath day, the person's faith cannot be considered to be a faith, that his believing in Jesus may not be adequate and that keeping the Sabbath day is essential to salvation. All these are having faith in the Sabbath day itself, not in Jesus' word of the truth. During the age of the apostles, there were some Christians in the church who claimed that they had been the members of the Orthodox Judaism. They insisted that they had to keep the law of the Sabbath day as their pivotal creed and therefore they stood against the salvation by believing in Jesus in order to hold fast to the law of the Sabbath but their notion was totally wrong. Jesus healed a sick man who had been on his sickbed for 38 years by his word. Just as the Lord said, 
Take up your bed and walk, John chapter 5 verse 11. The sick man who had an infirmity for 38 years got healed and walked away. The illness was healed through a single word of the truth of the Lord. The word of our Lord has such power. Our Lord has saved the sinners once and for all by blotting out all their sins with his word of power. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. Now rise up and walk. That the sick man was healed of a 38 year old infirmity implies that the man could receive the remission of sins by believing in Jesus and hearing the gospel of the truth after having lived as a sinner for 38 years. No matter how old and how deep a sin may be, one's heart gets to enjoy rest by receiving the remission of sins once and for all while listening to the gospel truth of the water and the spirit by which the Lord has blotted out all the sins of the world. The Lord is the saviour of all sinners and he is the one who bestows the grace of salvation to each and every one of them. The remission of all sins for the sinners actually gets realised the moment one hears and believes in the word of God and then rest comes inside the heart. The infirmity of the sick man who had been ill for 38 years was healed the very moment he heard and believed in the word of the Lord. Does a sick person receiving a healing on the Sabbath day then become a sin just because the Jews were trying to keep their doctrine on the Sabbath? The sick man who had an infirmity for 38 years came to rise, walk about and run around. Yet, is it a sin before God to receive the healing on the Sabbath day? The sick man that the Lord met was no longer a patient. What I am asking is that does a person have to stay in bed just because the day of the healing was the Sabbath day? Would God be happy seeing that? That truly wasn't the will of God. Where in the Bible is the law that says that a person of Judaism must not receive healing and must not rise up on the Sabbath day? Is it in any of the Christian doctrines then? Christian doctrines are doctrines established by human beings. They have been fabricated by people on their own accord in order to seek justification of their own interests. All the while, many people have spoken of following the law of God. But the real meaning of the doctrine of the Sabbath is for us to believe in and keep our faith in the truth of salvation that the Lord has given us through the gospel of the water and the spirit. He didn't give it so that we can keep the Sabbath day literally, but rather he gave it to us so that we can keep within our hearts the fact that the Lord has given us salvation by delivering us from the sins of the world. We must therefore believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit of God who has given us remission of sins and true rest in our hearts and we must cherish the truth of that gospel in our hearts. In other words, it means that the just who have been born again by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit must believe that the Lord has blotted out all their sins and defend their faith. Our Lord clearly said to the sinners, I took on all your sins and saved you from all sins. We believe that the Lord has given us the true rest.
We must find out the purpose of the Sabbath day that our Lord has established. The Lord gave us the Sabbath in order to give us rest and peace in our hearts for eternity by blotting out all our sins by the gospel of the water and the Spirit. We must know the purpose for which the Lord has saved us and we must believe in it with our hearts. In today's scripture passage, people of Judaism claim that one must not heal the sick on the Sabbath day and that even if the illness was healed, the healed had to stay in bed during that very day because Judaism had insisted that keeping the law literally was very important. If we had fallen into Judaism, we may have believed so. Many Christian denominations today also have such an erroneous faith. There are also people who say, you say that Jesus has blotted out the sins of the world by bearing them through his baptism, but he took away only the original sin. And as for the everyday sins, one gets to receive the remission of sin by offering the prayers of repentance daily. Would this be a proper faith? The Lord has cleansed all the sins of all humanity once and for all by the gospel of the water and the spirit. It is a faith fabricated out of a human mind to say that one receives the remission of sins which people commit while they go on living by offering prayers of repentance every day. But still, Christian denominations of this world commonly think that people have to receive the remission of sin by begging every day because they go on committing sins on a daily basis. The prayers of repentance seem like acts of self-criticism in communist societies. That is no different from Judaism shown in today's scripture passage. I once believed in Jesus as the Saviour without knowing the gospel truth of the water and the Spirit given by Jesus Christ. However, I received the remission of all sins once and for all by hearing and knowing precisely the gospel of the water and the Spirit which is the word of the truth and through the faith of believing in it. I am sure you have also experienced the same grace thanks to the Lord then we should not dwell in the formalism of today's Judaism any more after having received the remission of sins by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit. Although we have received the remission of sins, if we offer prayers of repentance by night and day by saying something like, Dear God, I have sinned again. Please forgive me. I did completely receive the remission of sins, but please forgive me for these sins, my God. Please forgive me once more. Then it would mean that we do not have the correct faith. If we were try to cleanse everyday sins by offering prayers of repentance, even after having believed in the gospel of the water and the spirit, it would be like betraying Jesus. Such faith is akin to the faith that the followers of Buddhism or paganism possess. A person who has received the remission of all sins by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit does not try to receive cleansing of sins through prayers of repentance. If a sinner has received the remission of sins by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit, then the sinner must leave indignantly from his old faith of offering prayers of repentance and start afresh a new life of faith.
We must believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit, come to the church of God, share communion with the just who believe in Jesus properly, share the freedom with the just, thank and praise God and serve the gospel that enables us to return glory to God. If we were to say every day that we are sinners even after believing in Jesus, what reason would there be to believe in Jesus as a saviour? People who correctly believe in Jesus as the Saviour become the just who have received the remission of sins by believing in the gospel of the water and the Spirit. But if a man surely remains a sinner even after having believed in Jesus, then it means that he does not know the salvation of the truth and that he has a mistaken belief. There is no need for us to make the Lord feel displeased by not knowing about the gospel of the truth. In the Bible, the Lord said, After receiving the remission of sins, take up your bed and walk. And it is also written in the Bible, Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 17 The Apostle Paul belonged to Judaism prior to having received the remission of sins. The Apostle Paul, who was like that, met Jesus on his way to Damascus. The Lord said to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Isn't it hard for you to kick against the goads? How come you are persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. If so, you must be the Son of God, our Saviour. Prior to meeting Jesus, the Apostle Paul's name was Saul, but after having met Jesus, his name changed to Paul while he was on his way to his first mission trip. When Paul was Saul, he received a great shock the moment he met the resurrected Lord, and he reached a conclusion thinking, I have known things wrong and I have believed erroneously. Paul came to recognise that he had had a faith that was totally wrong. People of Judaism had believed so falsely that they were persecuting those who had correct faith in Jesus. Then who do you think are the equivalent to those early Jewish Christians in today's Christian community? The faith of Judaism is similar to today's faith in the doctrine of the Sabbath which asserts that people have to keep the Sabbath to receive salvation. Therefore, today's Christians who have sins in their hearts are equivalent to the early Jewish Christians who didn't believe in Jesus as their perfect saviour. Because Judaism was a religion of the law that didn't have faith in Jesus, God despised Judaism terribly. That was why Jesus referred to Judaism as the synagogue of Satan in Revelation chapter 3 verse 9. If you wish to believe in Jesus, you must believe that Jesus is the saviour of the truth who has blotted out all the sins of yourselves. Because many people believe in Jesus without knowing him properly, they weren't able to receive remission of sins on their own. 
they claim that although they were able to receive the remission of original sin, their personal sins still remain in their hearts. That's why they continue to offer prayers of repentance and they believe that the prayers of repentance and trying to sanctify themselves are inevitable in order for them to be forgiven for their everyday sins. This is the faith of false Christianity. The Perfect Atonement of God Let me tell you a story. There was an elderly man living lonely after having sent off his children to the city. This elderly man was very old and could not work. His only joy was liquor. He liked liquor so much that he could not live without it, not even for a day. And so he constantly drank liquor. But could someone living in a rural countryside be rich? Because he always drank, he had a lot of tabs. One day he was again drinking off a tap and the owner of the tavern yelled at him saying when he will be paying off the tabs. Then the son who came to visit his father after a long while saw his father at that very moment being grabbed by the collar and being humiliated by the owner of the tavern. The son became very startled. Hey lady, why are you grabbing my father's collar? Why are you humiliating my father on the street like this? Just then, seizing the opportunity, the owner of the tavern said, shouldn't he pay off the tab and then drink? He doesn't pay off his tabs at all. Yet again today he comes with all his neighbourhood friends, buys drinks to their content and tries to put it on the tab again. That is why I am making a scene with his collar in my grip. If you are his son, pay off his tabs. Do you know how much the tabs are? The son, who had greatly succeeded in life on his own, felt sorry at heart after having heard such words. He said, How much are the tabs? Let go of my father's collar and tell me how much they are. Father, please go home. I'm your son. I'll be home as soon as I take care of this. So how much are the tabs? In farming areas in Korea, liquor tabs are usually paid with rice and the owner said that the tabs were worth 200 straw sacks of rice. For an ordinary farmer, wouldn't 200 straw sacks of rice be about 10 years worth of farming? Upon view, the charge account book was filled with minuscule writings on the record of on which month and what date the father had drunk on tab. The father, who is good at heart, had been inviting passers-by saying, Hey, come on in, come on, and buying drinks for them every day. Dear fellow believers, try to imagine how large the tabs had consequently become. Yet this son had paid it all off. He asked, how much do 200 straw sacks worth? And paid off the tabs with great ease. Then the son said to the owner, Gathering up neighbourhood friends and drinking liquor together is the last joy that my father has in his old age. So, when my father comes here with his neighbourhood friends, please serve him liquor without pay. And he gave a huge sum of money to the owner in advance. After this, even if the father were to gather up neighbours and drink liquor, would that be recorded in the charge account book? It cannot be tabbed. Would there be no tabs in the father's heart whenever this father, who did not know this fact, drank liquor on tab? 
there was. But later on the son tells the father, I didn't tell my father the fact, lest he should drink too much, but now is the time to tell him the truth, because he has felt so heavy at heart because of the tabs increasing again. So I should tell him that I had given in advance a huge amount of money for the future tabs. I should also tell father not to drink too much liquor, but just a little instead. Now I should tell him that I had entrusted the tavern owner with 200 million won, that's 200,000 US dollars. Thinking so, the son called up his father and asked, Do you drink a lot of alcohol these days? Hey son, I drank again for five months, so I am worried. I think I will suffer again. Somehow I think I'll get grabbed by the collar again. Don't worry, father. I gave a large sum of money in advance so that you can drink all your life, but try not to drink too much at once. Really? How much did you give? Well, I entrusted the tavern owner with 200 million won. No, really? 200 million won? Knowing that his father would continue to drink, the son had entrusted the owner with a sum of money enough to cover an entire lifetime of drinking. Actually, the father had been a debtor at heart while he wasn't aware of the fact that his son had given the owner 200 million won in advance. But in truth, he was never a debtor. For five months, this father had the thought, I'm in debt, I'm in debt, in his heart. And so, whenever he would pass by the tavern, he had been passing by with his head down. But now, his father was no longer in debt. Such is our remission of sin. The Lord, having blotted out our sins, is precisely like this. Knowing that we human beings would sin our entire lifetime, God the Father sent the Lord to take on all the sins of the world beforehand and let him receive the judgment for all sins at the cross once and for all. By having done so, he had arranged it so that our hearts would not always be tied down by sins. We are thankful for our God the Father liberating us from sins by sending Jesus Christ. The Lord has liberated those of us who believe in him from all our sins. Dear fellow believers, is this so? Do you believe in Jesus as your saviour? Has Jesus taken on all your sins? Your sins were all passed on to Jesus. Dear fellow believers, Jesus has received the judgment on the cross, bearing all your sins and mine by receiving the baptism by John the Baptist, and then he died after having said that it was finished. The Lord has finished our salvation. The Lord has saved us from all sins so that we would have nothing for which to receive the judgment. Jews say that they also believe in God. But they say that one must neither heal the sick nor rise up from the sickbed on the Sabbath day. Adventists say that one should keep the Sabbath day thoroughly to be saved. However, such notions are from their misunderstanding of the word of the Bible. And these notions are merely the man-made doctrines. These are not the laws established by God. 
God says to us that all sinners at any time can receive liberation and salvation from all sins by believing in Jesus. God is saying, at any time receive the blessing of salvation in your heart and receive freedom of your heart. After that, by spreading the gospel to your family, lead your family to receive the remission of sins and become children of God. This is the gist of God's salvation. Dear fellow believers, this is God's love. If you have received the remission of sins by hearing the gospel of the water and the spirit, then there must have been a church that had preached this gospel to you. A church that delivers the gospel of the real truth is the true church and not every church is God's church. Do people today believe in Jesus properly? No, they don't. When we ask, did you receive the remission of sins? Or are you sure to enter heaven? Then many Christians reply, we will know when we get there. Then do you have sins? How can there not be sins in anyone's heart? Of course I have sins because I commit sins every day. That's not the case. Whoever believes in Jesus correctly, there cannot be any sin in his heart. How could you then have sin? Didn't you receive the remission of sins when you started believing in Jesus? If you did receive the remission of sins, how could there be sins? Even so, I have sins. I am still insufficient and commit sins every day, so how can there be no sin? Then why do you believe in Jesus? Did Jesus take away all your sins? He did take them away. In that case, you should not have sins. There are, because I commit sins again and again. I have sins. Like so, their words contradict each other. At first, they say Jesus has taken away all their sins. But if one were to question further, there are people who question back, saying, how can there be no sin? Conversation with such a Christian continues. If Jesus did take away all sins, then I do not have sin, but I am still a sinner. Jesus took away my original sins only, and he did not take away my personal sins. How can you then receive the remission of your personal sins? I receive the remission of my personal sins by praying repentance every day. There are many Christians who have such faith. Jesus has taken on all the sins of the world at the Jordan River, yet how can there be sins in oneself? There can be no sin in the hearts of those who believe that Jesus has taken on all the sins of the world by receiving the baptism at the Jordan River. Whenever Korean Buddhists realise their sin, they chant calling their god and goddesses Namu Amitabol Kwanseyum Bosal. Like this, if a sinner Christian offers prayers of repentance every day, it means that the person has not received salvation from his or her own sins yet. After starting to believe in Jesus, if one's faith were to crumble down because of having committed a sin due to one's lacking as a human being, then the person's faith would not be a true faith. That isn't faith, but instead it would just be another religious behaviour that one believes in order to rely on God. We are insufficient human beings before God. We have received the remission of sins by believing in Jesus who has blotted out all the sins of humankind who lacks in every aspect.
Although we are lacking, God is omnipotent and without lacking. This is why God has blotted out all our sins and has perfectly saved us from all those sins that we commit due to our lacking. Believing in that is the true faith. This man, who believed in God and yearned for his help, received healing of a 38-year-old infirmity after having met Jesus. This means that he had received the remission of sins once and for all. The Lord is speaking to us about the perfect remission of sins through the account about a sick person with a 38-year-old infirmity. He rose up from his sickbed and walked about after getting healed of his chronic disease. After receiving the remission of sins, we must never be together with those who haven't received the remission of sins. It means that we must not lead a life of faith together with them. We may do other things together, but we cannot share in the life of faith with them. Do you realise this? Dear fellow believers, the just and the sinners do not get along with each other well. Those who possess a faith which claims to have sins despite a belief in Jesus and those of us who have received the perfect remission of sins cannot be together. In John chapter 5 verses 14 to 15 it is said, Afterward Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Jesus said, See, you have been made well. Sin no more lest a worse thing come upon you. John chapter 5 verse 14. Dear fellow believers, what do you think these words mean? Why did Jesus say, See, you have been made well. Sin no more lest a worse thing come upon you after healing the infirmity of this sick man who had been ill for 38 years. The infirmity of the flesh that had stricken that man on the sick bed for 38 years originated from sin. Because our Jesus had absolved this man of his sins, this man was released from the infirmity. Jesus then said to him, Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. John chapter 5 verse 14 It isn't the case that Jesus is saying so because he thinks that he will not be committing sins anymore. Dear fellow believers, our God has saved us perfectly by blotting out all our sins. Yet, must we try to receive the remission of sins again if we were to commit sins after having received the remission of sins? That is not so. All we have to do is confirm that we have received the remission of sins, even for those sins, by the gospel of the water and the spirit. If you do so, the gospel of the truth will cleanse your hearts. You and I must become believers of the once and for all Lord-given remission of sins and we must not go to hell by falling into unbelief. Instead, we must remind ourselves of the gospel of the water and the spirit and we must ruminate on the fact that we have received the remission of all sins even for those sins that we commit every day due to our shortcomings. I wish for you to go on living with such a faith. Dear fellow believers, the Lord has recorded in the Bible the passage, You have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. John chapter 5 verse 14. 
Jesus, who healed a man who had lain in his sickbed for 38 years, said this, Without a doubt, our Lord healed a man who was sick for 38 years. Jesus surely spoke of the remission of sins through this healing ministry. Like so, God explains the kingdom of God and spiritual things by using actual things of this earth. Someone asked in return, I did receive the remission of sins, so couldn't I go around completely naked? As I told him, despite having had sins in the past, I am now without sin by having faith in Jesus. He went on to say, then there is no problem if you go around completely naked. But it was such an ignorant statement. The person might think that everyone else had thoughts like his. Does the person mean that he will go around naked if he were without sin? Dear fellow believers, a person who has received the remission of sins may have lived a life on the verge of utter mess in the past, but from the moment of receiving the remission of sins, the person would not be able to do so. Because there is the Holy Spirit inside those who have received the remission of sins by believing in the Jesus-given gospel of the water and the Spirit, they despise sins even more. Because the Holy Spirit who is inside the hearts of those who have received the remission of sins feels uncomfortable at filthy places, he cannot dwell on filthy sins. Do you understand this? Dear fellow believers, do you want to go to a place where you can dance with your one night lover? If your hearts don't feel discomfort, then go. However, if you go to such a place, the Holy Spirit inside you would feel uncomfortable. Dear fellow believers, if you did receive the remission of sins, your hearts would feel uncomfortable even if you were to commit sins due to weaknesses. Because of discomfort, you would not be able to continue to do so. Here, our Lord is saying to the healed person, you have received the remission of sins, so don't fall into such unfaith again. Lest worse things should occur to us, he is admonishing us not to fall into false beliefs. What sort of a sin would be worse than this? It means that the born again must not go back to a church that does not preach the gospel of the water and the spirit. It saddens me that many people return to the churches of sinners after having attended God's church for a while as they have received the remission of sins from his church. Their pastors welcome them and say that they must receive the remission of sins every day by offering the prayers of repentance and become sanctified every day because people commit sins every day. If one were to return to lead a life of faith under such pastor's guidance, much severe illness will come about and the life of faith would completely come to an end. Returning to one's old faith would be no different from betraying Jesus. God the Father, through his Son, has completely blotted out all our sins. For God loves us so much as to sacrifice his Son, he has blotted out all our sins completely. Dear fellow believers, after having received the remission of sins, if you were to go to deceitful people who say that one must receive the remission of sin every day and lead a life of faith along with such people, your faith would perish in no time. Dear Jesus, I have sinned today also. Please forgive me. 
Jesus has absolved all my sins, but I have sinned again. Please forgive me. Isn't it illogical to ask for forgiveness once again, despite the fact that he has paid off all your debt? Dear fellow believers, it is certainly strange to pay off a debt that has already been paid off. Through our faith in Jesus, we have received the remission of all sins. We have received the remission of sins for all the sins that we commit throughout our lifetime. And so, to ask for absolution of sins again by offering prayers of repentance is something abnormal. Many mental hospitals are being built these days. At an anonymous mental patient's ward, a certain mental patient was said to have dragged around a toothbrush tied up to a string on the floor. The doctor in charge of the patient saw this and he asked the patient, How come you are dragging a dog around? The patient responded, Well, this is not a dog, it's a toothbrush. Just as the doctor turned around and went back thinking, Oh, this patient's mind seems to be fine. The patient was said to have said to the doctor's back, What a stupid man, he got tricked. How can this be a toothbrush? It's a dog and he was said to have gone about dragging the toothbrush. Dear fellow believers, even today, wouldn't a person who has already received the remission of sins by believing in Jesus, trying to receive the remission of sins again, be showing the same symptom as that of this mental patient? People who have received the remission of sins by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit have received the remission of all the sins that they get to commit throughout their entire lifetime. And yet, how can one say, please forgive me for these sins once again? Jesus bore all our sins, shed blood and died on the heinous and gruesome cross. He had to be nailed at the arteries and spill all his blood out of the body because he had received the baptism in order to save the sinners. Jesus, who hadn't even committed a single sin, had to take on all our sins by receiving the baptism, receive the judgment, shed blood by being nailed and die vicariously for our sake. And yet, should we be making Jesus Christ's death in vain? Should we be making the truth of Jesus Christ having saved us in vain? Dear fellow believers, we must not believe in such a way as to make the work of Jesus be in vain. Dear fellow believers, you don't know how much the Lord loves us. Therefore, we must not betray the Lord. It means that we must not betray our God. The Lord has blotted out all our sins in order to take us to heaven. The Lord has completely blotted out our sins in order to free us from all sins and to give us peace in our hearts. And yet, dear fellow believers, must we betray such will of the Lord's, the Lord's salvation? We must never do so. There is a saying, once a marine, always a marine. The fact is that once we receive the remission of sins, the remission of sins stands forever. Surely we have received the remission of sins by the water and the spirit.
We have received the remission of sins through the word of Jesus' baptism and the Holy Spirit, that is, the gospel of the water and the Spirit. Those who believe in this are without sin. Those who know that they are without sin are those who have the evidence that the Holy Spirit is already residing in their hearts. It is written, Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 3 Without believing in the baptism and the blood of Jesus, one cannot say that Jesus is Lord, that I am righteous or that I am without sin. We can say that we are without sin by the Holy Spirit and by believing in the Word of God. Dear fellow believers, after receiving salvation, would there be sins again? No, there wouldn't. If you did truly receive salvation by believing in the gospel of the water and the Spirit, there shouldn't be any sort of sin left in your heart. However, if you had falsely received the grace of salvation, you would have become a sinner even after believing in Jesus and also you would be living as a sinner throughout your life. If this were your case, you would have to receive the remission of sins again by believing in the gospel of the water and the Spirit. In John chapter 5 verse 18 it is said, Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. The Jews wanted to kill Jesus. Why did they want to do that? It was because Jesus had broken the Sabbath. They had tried to kill him because Jesus not only had violated their religious law, but also had tried to be equal with God by saying that God is his real father. Dear fellow believers, those who are leading a life of faith, having received salvation by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit today, are in the same circumstance as that of Jesus in this passage. Dear fellow believers, do we violate the laws of Christians of this world or do we not? We believe in the word of God, not their doctrines. We believe in God and belong to God, not to the people of this world. Just as Jesus had said that God is his real father and had considered himself to be equal with God, we also call God father as God's children. That is why people persecute and attack us. But we are not those who get attacked so easily, for we have the sword of the word of the truth. There is a Korean saying that goes, even a little mongrel dog can be courageous at its home. Nevertheless, when a house dog barks, Who in the world are you? I should bite you. Huff! The mutt hides its tail and runs away whimpering. Also, there is a saying that a train rolls along even if a mutt barks. We ask such a mutt-like Christian, Do you believe in Jesus? Do you have a sin? Of course I do. If that's the case, you will be going to hell. The word says that the wages of sin is death. In that case, I'll have to go to hell. Isn't it the same with you? Well, then do you have no sin? I received the remission of sins, so I do not have any sin. Then do you mean that you do not commit sin anymore? No, 
I do commit sins every day. If you commit sins, then how could you have no sin? Then do you have sin? I do have sins, of course. Did you receive the remission of sins or did you not receive it? I did receive it. You have sins, yet how could you be a child of God? You have sins because you just believe in Jesus having died for you on the cross and because you do not believe that your sins have been passed on to Jesus through his baptism. If Jesus had not taken your sins, what good would that be to you even if he were to die a hundred times over on the cross? Dear fellow believers, if something has no relationship to you, it is of no use to you. Let's say that people who are of no relation to you earned millions and billions of dollars by chance. What would that have to do with you then? Do you believe in Jesus or do you not? Yet, if there had been sins in your heart, what would Jesus be of concern to you? Other people, having received the remission of sins, may go to heaven. But what good would that be if you yourself don't get to go to heaven? Isn't this so? And so, we must receive the remission of sins by listening to the definite gospel and believing in it in your hearts. Dear fellow believers, sins inside your hearts must be gone in order for you to enter heaven. We travel sometimes. We take trips abroad as well as domestic trips. And when you get on a plane or a train for your travel, what you will need is a ticket. So long as you have a ticket, it doesn't matter whether you are shabby or ragged. If you have a ticket, you can stay at a hotel. And even if you don't wear a necktie, you can board a plane. But no matter how great a person you are, if you don't have a ticket, you would be ousted. Even if you are a panhandler, so long as you buy a ticket from a ticket counter and go through a ticket gate, no one can oust you. But even if you are a gentleman, you will get ousted if you don't have a ticket. Dear fellow believers, even if you had good faith in Jesus for a long time, you are a sinner if you have sins in your heart. However, even though you have believed in Jesus just for one day, you would be a righteous person if you have received the remission of sins in your heart. The just person has the ticket of having received the remission of sins in his or her heart, but a sinner does not have the same ticket yet. What sort of ticket would allow us to enter heaven? The ticket is for me to receive the remission of sins by believing in the fact that all my sins were passed on to Jesus when John the Baptist baptised him and that Jesus has fully received the judgment set out for me by dying on the cross, by shedding his blood. Can you understand this? When Jesus was on this earth, Jesus actually called God his real father. Isn't a child of a human being a human being? The child is a human being. Is a pup of a dog a dog or is it not? It is a dog. Upon reckoning, people arrived at the conclusion that if God the Father was Jesus' real father, then he must also be God. Jehovah's Witnesses say that Jesus is the Son of God, but he isn't God. This is why I said these things. I asked a member of Jehovah's Witness, Do you believe that Jesus' father is God? If so, 
Do you believe that Jesus is God's son? If so, since that father is God, isn't it true that his son is also God? But then the Jehovah Witness said, Jesus being God is little different. So I asked again, Outside my house there are two dogs. One of them is a male and the other is a female. They had puppies. Are they dogs or not? They are dogs. Are their puppies dogs or not? They are all dogs. Then the only difference is that one is the father and the other is the son. Isn't this so? Then he said, they are of a kind. I asked him again, isn't Jesus God? He was at a loss for words. Dear fellow believers, you would surely realise that the Jehovah's Witnesses' words are not logical. Now, here we have parents and their child. If the parents are human beings, is their child a human being also or not? The child is a human being. Isn't it true that the Son of God is God, not a human being? Jesus came in the form of a human being, but it was certain that he was the Almighty God. There is no reason whatsoever for us not to believe in Jesus as God. Jesus is God. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honour the Son just as they honour the Father. He who does not honour the Son does not honour the Father who sent him. John chapter 5 verses 21 to 23. God the Father sent his Son Jesus onto this earth and had him save us. Also, he has committed all the power to judge everything to his Son. Jesus did actually create all things of heaven and earth. The Bible says for sure that God the Father oversaw everything and his Son created with the word. Also, God says that he has committed the power to judge to his Son as well as the ability to give salvation. If so, words of the Jehovah's Witness would be something that is illogical. I believe in God the Father. What is more, I believe that the Son of God the Father, Jesus, is also God, our Saviour and our Creator, and I believe in him having become our Saviour. When I told him so, the Jehovah's Witness's eyes widened and he said, There can be only one God, so how could there be two gods when there can be only one God? God is the triune God. The Father and the Son are the Holy Spirit. Our God is of three persons, but all three are the same God. The Holy Spirit is God, the Son of God is also God, and God the Father is also God. To us, these three divine entities are the same God, but it is just that God is divided into three persons, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Whether or not Jesus is God is a truly important question, and the answer to that question is that Jesus is God. When I said to the Jehovah's Witness, I believe in the Son of God and the Father, they are the same God, I believe so. He finally said that Jesus isn't God. He provided evidences that Jesus isn't God and I provided evidences that Jesus is God. But with his mouth wide open before me, he wasn't able to say anything more.
What is the objective of Jehovah's Witnesses? They want us to believe in only God and not in Jesus. And they want us to go around other people's houses three days a week to tell others just that. What they do is no different from going around and saying with the objective of telling people not to believe in the fact that Jesus is the Saviour who has blotted out all sins. I say to you clearly that I believe that Jesus is my Saviour and that Jesus is my God. Also, I believe that Jesus' Father is also my God the Father. However, among those who believe in Jesus, there are many people who hate a person professing that he or she has become a just person by believing in Jesus. Those who were born again by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit are the just. They call God the Father, Father. God calls those who believe in God and in the gospel of the water and the spirit, the just. You and I have actually become the just by receiving the remission of sins by believing in Jesus and in the gospel of the water and the spirit. Religious people in this world are sinners even after having believed in Jesus for a hundred years but we became the just the moment we started believing. That is why they persecute us while being surprised. Just as Jesus had received persecution by saying that God the Father is his Father, we get looks of hate from people because we are also children of God. Then why do people do so? It is because evil spirits are inside them, but the Holy Spirit is inside those who have received the remission of sins. They do not like us because an evil spirit and the Holy Spirit cannot become one, but We are tolerant and not hostile against them. We pray and if people do not know, we teach them. It is because people receive the remission of sins when they hear this gospel of truth that we preach. Dear fellow believers, now through our faith in Jesus Christ, we have come to have God as our Father. We have become his children. We have become partakers of the divine nature. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 4. In simpler words, we have become the sons of God. To speak more clearly, we have become gods. John chapter 10 verse 34 to 35. Can you understand this? The day when we live again after the death of our flesh, we become so. It is said in the Gospel of John chapter 5 verses 24 to 25, Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment but has passed from death into life. Most assuredly I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. What do these words mean? The hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. John chapter 5 verse 25. We were souls that were dead due to our sins. In the first epistle of Peter, it is said that the gospel was preached to the spirits in prison and the spirits in prison refer to those who are still bound by sins. Here, Jesus tells us clearly, 
The hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. John chapter 5 verse 25. Dear fellow believers, prior to having received the remission of sins, we were the dead. But we heard through the word that the Son of God has completely blotted out all our sins. Dear fellow believers, at that moment, did our souls become alive or did they not? We became alive by the word of the Son of God. In the Gospel of John chapter 5 verses 26 to 29, it is said, For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. God had imprisoned all the people on this earth. It means that he had imprisoned people's souls. Some say that people's souls move about on this earth, but actually these are not the souls of our ancestors. Rather, it is Satan the devil and his subordinates that appear in the name of our ancestors. Satan is the devil. That is why we must stand against him by saying, We command you in the name of Jesus, stay away from me, Satan, whenever we are tempted by him. If we stand against him, Satan can no longer stir about. But if we leave Satan alone, he will go around doing this and that as he wants. We must say, we command you in the name of Jesus, be gone Satan. Satan does not like and fears the name Jesus because the name of Jesus is precisely of God. Satan can only fear Jesus who has become the saviour. When this world comes to an end, God brings those in the grave back to life, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, John chapter 5 verse 29. It means that God will bring the flesh of those who have received the remission of sins back to life in order to give them everlasting life. After that, it is said, those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation, John chapter 5 verse 29 condemnation. Dear fellow believers, if one dies without believing in Jesus and without having received the remission of sins, that person would not be able to avoid condemnation. Therefore, we must believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit, receive the remission of sins and spread the gospel while living on this earth. By doing so, no evil spirit, whatever it may be, can hurt us. All we have to do is to stand against the evil spirits. All that we have to do is to stand against an evil spirit because it would aggravate us further if we should fear it. I command you in the name of Jesus, be gone Satan. Dear Lord, keep me safe. Like so, only when we drive away everything that attacks our hearts, our Lord, his word, his peace and tranquility start to lead our hearts. Do you understand this? After having received the remission of sins, we must never revert to Judaism.
Now it is right to live according to the will of God, separated from the congregation of sinners. Now it is only right for you to come back to the church that God has built and to spend the rest of life faithfully while living out your faith.